You're listening to audio from the Village Church, a community that's formed by the gospel and sent on God's mission, gathering weekly in the heart of downtown Hamilton, Ohio. For more information about the village or to connect with us, you can find us online at myvillagechurch.com. Focal passage tonight is from John 18, 12 through 14. It'll be on the screens there for us, and I'll read it aloud. So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. First they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. You all can be seated. Good evening. My name is Michael. I'm one of the pastors here. Thanks so much for hanging out with us this evening. Uh, I ask ChatGPT this week. If you don't know what that is, you can look it up some other time when you have some time. I ask it to give me a list of movies and stories where one character dies to save others. And it gave me about a dozen. I'll read a couple of them. Gave me a little summary statement with it. Super helpful. If I haven't lost you yet, just give me a minute. All right. Avengers Endgame. Black Widow sacrifices herself to retrieve the soul stone and save half of the universe. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Snape. Is that his name? Big fan. Big fan sacrifices himself to help Harry defeat Voldemort and save the wizarding world. The Hunger Games, 2008, Rue sacrifices herself to save Katniss. This one we know. Titanic. Jack sacrifices himself by letting Rose use a floating door to survive (laughs) while he dies from hypothermia in the water. Might be a bit of revisionist history there. Armageddon, Harry Stamper, sacrifices himself to detonate a bomb on an asteroid to save Earth. There's a Star Wars reference. I'll just save you the trouble. Uh, The Iron Giant, 1999. The giant sacrifices himself to save a small town from a nuclear missile. The Matrix Revolutions. 2003, Neo sacrifices himself to defeat Agent Smith and save humanity from the Matrix. Uh, I would add Independence Day, the original one. Um, it's pretty climactic. But, but here's the thing. All of those things, they have this theme, one for the sake of many. The theme of self-sacrifice for the sake of some greater common good. And, and some of those scenes and some of those stories, and, and certainly there are dozens and dozens and probably hundreds of others, there are you know, scenes that are emotional and they're gripping and some of them are gut-wrenching or tear-jerking. It's an epic theme, unfolding epic tales. And every single one of those pays tribute to the greatest hero, the greatest rescue operation of all time, Jesus, innocent, yet slain for all the guilty who would believe. The greatest story of self-sacrifice is that Jesus died willingly to rescue and unite the scattered, 
children of God. And we see that here in John. And as uh, Pastor Scott said in the setup, we're just continuing on where we are and we'll continue to do that uh, on Sunday. We'll just pick up right where we leave off. And, and, and so we're in John 18, uh, chapter 18, verse 12. It says this, then the company of soldiers... The commander and the Jewish officials, they arrested Jesus and tied him up, which had to be a bit confusing for everyone when Jesus has been telling them that he is the one, the the true one, the Messiah, the Savior. First, they led him to Annas, since he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas. Now, this is a little dicey. I'll spare you all the details, but one, it's never good when when someone's in charge and you go to his father-in-law. That's not good. Um, and so you imagine that, that for real, Caiaphas probably has some issues here. Annas was the high priest for a long time, but he was no longer serving in that role. It's like when we call a former president, president. It's kind of the same deal. So he had no official title yet. They go to him and Caiaphas is like, uh, what's going on here? <clears throat> Caiaphas was the high priest that year. And Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews that it would be better for one man to die for the people. And you might be like, oh, this dude gets it. Like he saw the gospel. He saw the work of Jesus. But, but that's not actually true. In fact, that's a quote that points back to John 11. And this is kind of the context of that. Jesus was beginning to cause a stir among the Jews. And that was creating some tension with the Romans. And so what we have is the high priest, in this case Caiaphas, He led a group of Jews, 70, they're called the Sanhedrin or Sanhedrin, and they were like the ruling uh, elect of the Jews, and they had a a relationship with Rome that was like okay at times. And so essentially Rome considered them like uh, a a Roman religion kind of doing their thing, but but they kind of, uh, they they rubbed shoulders with Rome in like a not so good way. So in John 11... This is what we read. You're not considering, this is Caiaphas talking, that it is to your advantage that one man should die for the people rather than the whole nation, him meaning the Jewish nation, perish. He did not say that on his own, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus was going to die for the nation. More true than he had any idea. And not only for the nation, but also to unite the scattered scattered children of God. In his mind, he's thinking of the scattered Jews. But he's he's a bit nearsighted. See, Caiaphas isn't thinking in spiritual terms. He has in mind a physical preservation that that he, he presents a plan to sacrifice Jesus in order to save the nation from the wrath of Rome. Because up to this point, Jesus comes, he starts like a buzz, and Rome's like, what is going on over there? Like, there's just stuff. Everywhere he is, there's like a circus. And, and he's afraid, Caiaphas is afraid that they're just going to squash it all together. And so Caiaphas says, man, but what if we just kill the one guy, and then we can continue to, to walk in our power, Right? See, we learn his intention because in the very next line in John 11, he says, from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. And if you don't know that, basically, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is the story of Jesus, like birth to death and resurrection. But really, the whole time, he's just, they're trying to kill him. And so that's what we see play play out here. So Jesus is arrested and he's bound. And you say, why? 
Why would the Lord have to be arrested and bound? So that he might die as one for many. And those that are a part of the conspiracy to kill him, the killers think that it's self-preservation to get him out of the way so that they might retain power. But God has bigger plans, a far greater power, and a much bigger kingdom in mind. So when we read, it would be better for one man to die for the people, in that truth lies the power of God to save his people. And so here's how that plays out on this Good Friday in every other day in all of history. And there's kind of like two acts or two scenes that I want to point us to and, and, and kind of give the whole story of the story of God and humanity. The first one is the hopeless story from one to many. See, the story of God and humanity, it starts in paradise. When you first open your Bible and you get past like the index and all those things, you begin to read in Genesis and you begin to hear this story of God creating all that is and he creates Adam and, and, and then all other creation and he creates Eve from Adam as the seed of our family tree. They walk with God freely near to him. Like literally in one scene it says they walked with the Lord in like the, the cool of the evening. That doesn't last long. By the third chapter, Adam and Eve, they, they're duped and they sin and they reject God. And, and because Adam had the responsibility of leading his wife and, and all creation in some sense, he's held accountable. And it says, through one man, all fall. Sin has its way, and, and, it, and, it, and it spreads from one to many, and they traded God glory for selfish gain, and God removed them from, from paradise, and he scattered them out. In the New Testament, later on, uh, Paul, he writes to the church at Rome, in Romans 5, he says this, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin and so death spread to all men because all sinned. So if you're here and you're like, oh, trying to like keep up an image, you don't want people to know you or who you are, what, you don't have to do that because, because we've all just been exposed. We all rebel against the Lord. That, that's where we find ourselves. Sin scars and it, and it scatters all all of creation and, and relationships are broken and creation is broken and, and brokenness kind of has its way. And, and God began with one and that one became corrupted in rebellion like, like a drop of dye in a glass of water that all of creation would, would drink from and all became infected with sin and its payout was death. And we see it from, from cover all the way through, and, and if we just open our eyes and we look around this world, we see this. Imagine all of creation as like a mirror, and its job is to reflect the goodness or the nature or the glory of God back to him. Or imagine all of creation like a Bob Ross painting, and he's sitting there, and, and what we see is, is, is kind of like the author or the, or the artist makes it known. We see the, like the character of the artist on display in the painting, or or imagine all of creation like a mirror image of a Bob Ross painting, right? And, and we, we, we see it, and everything that was was made to shine bright the greatness and the glory of God. And when it does that, 
when it does that in the beginning and one day in the future when it does it again, when it does that, things work best and life is full and there's joy and there's peace and there's harmony. Those things abound. And it's when you would look at all creation, you would say, this is the way that things ought to be reflecting the beauty and the nature and the glory of God. Or, or you might say there's just happy little trees and, and everybody needs a friend. That's what it's like. Sin through Adam and, and through all, it, it cracks the mirror intended to reflect the beauty of God. And it, and it cracks it in so many pieces that, that when we look around, like, it's, it's sometimes, it's, it's hard to even find the way things ought to be. It's hard to find the, the beauty and the glory of the author of life, the artist of life. It, it's hard to even find him in that because it's just, it's so broken. Uh, the, the mirror intended to reflect the beauty of God, it's now stained and, and, and violence reigns and there's hatred and this disharmony follows. And if like, if, if life were a song, sin is like the bad notes that breaks the harmony and it's chaos and it's worry and it's, it's toil. And what we see in those early chapters is, is really this is a relational problem. Like how does it break? It, it breaks relationship with God. And it, and it spills out and it breaks relationship with one another and, and they begin to blame one another. And it breaks relationship between them and all of creation and, and, and everything is scarred and, and, and suffering and, and scattered from home. Man, there is a, a few places in my life, even now, that, that when, I go, like when I go to my parents' house, like on, on Sunday after gathering, th this coming Sunday, we're have... Easter lunch there or whatever. I will go there and I will lay on the couch and I will fall asleep and I won't feel bad at all. I'll say, hey, mom, hey, dad. And I just lay, and like in, in that space, I don't have to prove anything. I don't have to pretend. My, my brother's there, his family's there, my family's there. I don't care if they're there or not. It's just, it's just like a, a, a safe space where when you, you just lay on that couch and like, dude, I, I just don't care about stuff. I always want to work, not on that couch. I just want to put this stuff down, right? It just, it's, it's just a place where it's like, <sighs> that's what we had and that's what was lost. And so, so what, what, what we see in that is, is unlike those naps on my parents' couch, everything's unsettled and we fight for control and order and power. And, and Caiaphas, can you imagine what he's fighting for? And he's trying to like stop the rebellion, but he's like, why are you going to my father-in-law of all people? And so he's trying to like figure stuff out as well. That's where we find our world and that's where we find ourselves, all of us. Hopeless to resolve the problem, to bridge the gap, to climb the ladder, or do good, or be right enough to be near to God again. And all of life is, is striving for that home where we are with God in peace and harmony. And we try to please God by keeping his law or some through like man-made efforts of, of religion and sacrifice or, or by, by our own hands or by our successes or, or whatever it is. And some, they go the other way. They try to find life by ignoring God altogether and they, they, they pave their own path and, and they do their own thing or what the Bible says, they become a law unto themselves. 
But, but none of it pleases God. And, and none of it settles accounts. And none of it leads to life. And, and none of it brings us home. The sure destination, the final curtain, the, the beginning, the middle, the end, it's, it's the result of one to many, hopeless and scattered, but for the words of Caiaphas. It would be better for one man to die for the people. And just as Adam's sin spread to all, judgment for all was shrunk back down to one the theme of all themes, one for many. The hopeless story of, of one to many, it isn't the end because in Jesus we have the hope-filled story from many to one. And that's the second point. The hope-filled story from many to one. So from the beginning, we've seen the unraveling of harmony and, and paint spilled and, and off notes and off rhythms and fracture in relationships and, and one people scattered as many sowing rebellion and sin and, and earning its wage, death. Jesus was going to die for the nation. And, it, uh, and not for the nation only, but also to unite the scattered children of God, to bring his people home Jesus, fully God, fully man, he came and he served and he taught and he, he pleased his father in every way and he loved and he divided and he united and he brought in uh, invisible God in focus and he made his kingdom known. Caiaphas was right, but it wasn't to save the religious Jews from Rome, it was to save sinners from the righteous wrath of God. Caiaphas was nearsighted. Unable to see the big picture. Man, one of my favorite self-sacrifice scenes is in the movie A Quiet Place. And the whole movie is just silent. <laughs> uh, not much going on because, as you might have guessed, there are these aliens that uh, just hate sound at all. And if you make a sound, then they will just devour you like in one second. It's not even close. You have no shot. So that's kind of the whole movie, and it's very quiet. And at the very end of this, Jim from the office, also hard to get past that. <laughs> he's like the dad or whatever, and he's in a situation, and he's got like this, this axe or like a pickaxe or something like that, and there's this big creature, and they're gnarly and nasty and, and making these clicking noises. His two kids are in a truck, and this thing is on top of the truck, and it breaks the windows, and you're like, this is not good. But, but Jim, is, he's in another, he, he's maybe 20 feet away or whatever, and he's just watching. And his daughter, she can't hear. And he looks at her, and they've had like a, a difficult relationship. And he looks at her, and he says, I love you. And for the first time that we've seen, she begins to like believe that. That her dad indeed does love her. And she starts to like shed tears and this thing's just like crashing down, just hitting the, the roof of the truck. And he says, I always have loved you. And he lays down his weapon and he just screams. It's like, cuts the tension of the entire movie 
with just this like glottal, I won't do it because that would be distracting and weird. <laughs> just this, this just gnarly scream. And his kids look like, no, dad, like, no. Because they know what's happening. And the thing jumps off of the truck and leaves them. And, and they put the truck in neutral and, and, and they're able to, to live because he volunteered his tribute on their behalf. <clears throat> That's a, a glimpse of the kind of love that, that our God has for his own kids. All sin of all the world was reduced back down to only one. Right? Nothing that we could do about it. Jesus died the death meant for me, and he died the death meant for you to bring us by, by grace through faith alone into eternal life. And again, Paul, he circles back around in Romans, and he says it this way, but the free gift is not like the trespass. It's not like, it's not like the sin. For if many died through one man's trespass or his offense, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And because that's true, we get to live free lives, liberated to make beauty in the midst of ugliness and, and bringing order to chaos. And, and we get to mend where things are broken and we get to cry for justice where injustice reigns. And we get to be united as one in a world that is so visibly divided, not by our views on the news of the day, not by a political kingdom that would, that would come, but by the spilled blood of Jesus, the one single sinless sacrifice who had the power to die for the sins of many. And you say, well, what do I do with that? <clears throat> Two just really simple things. We must acknowledge, we must acknowledge that we have a need that we can't meet. That's the first thing. I need a hero, and he is not me. I need rescued. I can't do it. That's, that's the, the entryway into the kingdom of God is, is to before the Lord say, I can't do it, but there is one who has. I can't do it. We must acknowledge and then we must trust that Jesus has met the need and follow him to abundant life. See, the greatest story of self-sacrifice is that Jesus died willingly to rescue and unite the scattered children of God, one to many and many back to one. And for all those who trust the one are, are sent out as many to make much of the one. So it's this, this the, the resound of the story of grace and of good news is that it, that it grows and it shrinks and then it grows and it grows and it grows. The seed of spilt blood growing into the eternal kingdom of God where we finally make ourselves at home with the Lord and with one another. Close out with a, just a, a quote from R.C. Sproul. The death of Christ would gather all of his sheep into one fold with one shepherd. None would be lost. None would be forgotten. All would, by the power of the shepherd and through the offering of his life, be brought safely into the flock of God. 
We sing and preach and meditate on the death of Jesus, not to base, uh, to base in the gory details, but to celebrate the glorious victory. I'm going to pray as Scott comes on up and he's going to um, set up uh, communion for us. God, thank you. <clears throat> thank you for the gift of Jesus, one dying for many. Would you, lo- would you not let us be so foolish as to reject that gift today? And wherever it meets us, would you let us know that, that you have done the work, the work that we could never do? God, thanks for this night where we sing and pray and, and depend and, and celebrate your work so that we might find our rest in you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.